And we're back on the rule of three. Uh, two topics, three topics, ten minutes each. The perfect podcast for your modern lifestyle. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Slegel, and my co-host, as always, Mr. Bent Washburn. Hello. And uh, uh, later in the show, we are going to be talking about honey. You think you know a lot about honey? Well, so did we until until Mrs. Washburn started wondering where it came from. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in the third segment. In the second segment, uh, riots in France. It's uh, uh, probably not news. It's probably uh, uh, it's it's like saying that surrender in France might be news, but uh. <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't be news. That'd be old news. <laughs> but we uh, we we both found the riots interesting. We'll be talking about that in the second segment. Uh, but the first topic is uh, bent is uh, is back. Uh, just, uh, uh, just, uh, just came back across the international dateline. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am jet lagged out of my skull. <laughs> I really am. The jet lag was intense, but yeah. Well, yeah, the other side of the world. So yeah. you're, you're, you're exactly, you're, you know, you're exactly a, a 12 hours off. Yeah, exactly. 12 hours off. We were in Cambodia in case they're wondering, we went to everybody's favorite destination, Cambodia. Seem Reap, <laughs> Seam Reap, Cambodia to run a half marathon. That's where you go. You go to some tropical jungle area, you know, and you run. But it is nice. It is nice to know that Americans are running in Cambodia now for recreation, <laughs> not for their lives. <laughs> exactly. It was it's, uh... fascinating. We went to Seam Reap. By the way, first we stopped in Hong Kong, was which what? was interesting. Uh, one more time. What was that? Seam Reap is that Seam Seam Reap S I E M R E A P Seam Reap. Okay, it sounded like you said something else. It sounded like something that uh, that that like Alec Baldwin does when he comes into a onto the set. <laughs> I thought you said scene rape. That's oh, what I... <laughs> <laughs> no, there was none of that. <laughs> it was, none of that happened. We just went to the jungle. And uh-huh. uh, it's Seam Reap is uh, like the northern city. It's by Angkor Wat, which are the uh, famous. Ah, that the, ruins. that narrows it down. That, that... <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing that there's one part of the the, the world that I knew absolutely nothing about the geography of. And this was it. It's uh, the Mekong Delta is near there. Well, you know that, right? That I know. That I know. The Ho Chi Minh Trail mm-hmm. is there. We didn't. I don't know if we may have seen the Ho Chi Minh Trail. I don't know. It's somewhere in those jungles, right? I think so. Is it a trail or is it a road called a trail? Or is it a yeah, trail called? I think it was really a, a, a trail, probably okay. by our standards, for sure. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, uh, the, the roads in France are considered trails by our standards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ours are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, it's interesting how ours are wide, but not necessarily smoother. But, you know, we yeah. have pretty good... Uh, Pothole problems here because we have so many sure. roads. But anyway, we went to the. the do you, you're not familiar with the ruins of Angkor Wat. If I showed you pictures, you'd say, "Oh, okay, oh, those, okay, those, okay. I, I, those, those. Yeah. That's uh, that's the that, that's the place where Marlon Brando said the horror, right? I I wonder if that is near there. So I don't know where that. I think that I think that might have been where it was filmed. Well, there are just so many of these ruins. There's there's uh-huh. all sorts of these temples, thousands of them, kind of in that region. That mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to tell you the history because I learned it from a very knowledgeable man who knew so much but didn't 
exactly have command of his accent when he spoke English. <laughs> we, he would walk us around, and it, it sounded like it would be fascinating what he was saying. And he'd uh-huh. get in the dirt, and he would draw a diagram of the temple and what all of it meant. And he would look up at us and talk about it like 15 minutes. He, he, brought, he obviously has like a, a university degree. In right. history, but we were just all and of probably us were, works as probably works sorting rice. <laughs> no, he does. <laughs> when, no, when the tourists start there. <laughs> no, he does. He's a tour guide. He's very oh, okay. wealthy. He's a tour guide. Oh, okay, okay. Alex Simreep, I it, that city, uh, Phnom Penh, it turns out, which is the capital. We didn't go there, and I thought, well, I guess we'll just go to Simreep. We'll settle for that. But it turns out it's the nicest city. Because of the the, the ruins, it, tourism oh, okay. is like the number one uh, sure. industry okay. that Cambodia has, which is tells you how bad off things are there. Anytime tourism is your number one export, you know what I mean. I think that's well, a bad been, sign. Yeah, it's been that way since the seventies. I think tourism was pretty popular there in the the sixties and seventies too. Oh, was it? What well, I. Well, I, I, you kind of, kind of make it a joke. Oh, oh, you're saying? <laughs> I said, wait a second. <laughs> Seventy-eight was Pol Pot when he wait. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was actually unauthorized tourism was uh, through the seventies. But uh, that's uh, that that is fascinating. So, so how far how far back does it go? How far back do these ruins go? Uh, um, I think that the earliest was five something hundred A.D. Wow. And the largest ones are between built between like eleven hundred and twelve fifty. So they're 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 ruins. They're 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 like abandoned and stuff. Or, oh or, yeah. Or, or, this okay. was this was fascinating. There's still lots of people living kind of in and around and amongst these ruins. Not right inside of them, but there'll be little makeshift villages and that mm-hmm. will be like a block or two away from the walls of the ruins and they'll sell they'll try to sell you shirts and guidebooks and postcards when you go to the ruins hmm. so so that there there are people kind of there but not living in them and the ruins themselves are uh they're deteriorating apparently at kind of a pretty quick rate so they're not going well, to be sure, there much sure, longer. Well, sure, sure, because Cambodia is probably industrializing, and uh, uh, they're, they're at that point now where industry is growing, and uh, environmental regulations are not keeping up with it. They, they. This is what I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I did not see a lot of evidence of industrializing. Uh, for whatever, I think they have a quite a corrupt government, and it's prevented these kinds of uh, connections with. Uh, market economy you know it's mm-hmm. hard for him because everything has to go through the political people in charge it's pretty much a, a dictator our, our 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 guide was very clear about that that uh the guy who is the king of cambodia will be the king until he dies so it's not really a democracy sure it, it, it is a king it, it is a monarchy is it that might, uh... it might be a president i can't oh, okay. he said he's okay. ruler but oh, okay it was fascinating. Seam Reap, I really recommend. Really beautiful, fun city. Lots of great bars and restaurants. I, I was surprised. And, and here's the question. Here's the question I always yeah. Here's the question I always have from anyone that's visited a very exotic location. How was the food? It was great. The food was awesome. And yeah. 
Very, did you know what you did you know what you were ordering? I was, always was, was it careful clear? to find yeah. out. I didn't want to eat the crocodile. They they farm crocodiles. What? They have crocodile farms. You not wanted to eat it though? No, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna eat the crocodile. It just it's disturbing to me to eat crocodile. You know, I hear it tastes like uh alligator. <laughs> well that narrows it down. <laughs> Which tastes like uh lizards. <laughs> it just something is gross. We saw a little makeshift alligator farm on one of our tours. Uh huh. The city's interesting. You get everywhere by tuk tuk, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Found out uh, that what a lot of people, young men, do is they they go to the bank, they get out a loan for a tuk tuk, and then they're just they're sole proprietors. I mean, you you're just constantly trying to. You wow. will get approached by tuk-tuk drivers vaguely, constantly. That sounds vaguely. So let me get this straight. So they invest capital. Yes. And provide themselves an income through the use of their property. Yeah. That sounds like huh. a market. However, <laughs> good luck trying to start a real big import-export business or a large manufacturing. You, In other words, the guy in charge, he'll let you drive a tuk-tuk. You can be a tuk-tuk driver, but for instance, but we don't went, try to buy two tuk-tuks and yeah, lease them out. No, don't be doing that, or don't try to set up a factory that makes tuk-tuks and sells them to the Vietnamese. Or, but you who know, makes whatever. the tuk? Who makes the? I know what it is because I saw your post on Facebook. I think you probably have to explain what a tuk-tuk is. To oh, I guess I should. It's a motorcycle pulling basically a rather heavy garden cart. With some chairs in it. I mean, it, they are not very safe. I gotta say that. So, it's, I, so it's kind of like a motorized rickshaw. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. It. Lots of Honda motorcycles everywhere. Trail motorcycle, Honda trail bikes. So, uh, so, so, so who makes the tuk tucks? I think someone must be pounding those together somewhere there mm-hmm. in 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 Cambodia. Uh, there must be a tuk tuk factory somewhere. They're all pretty much the same, but they'll take the basic skeleton of the tuk-tuk and then they'll add their own decorations. I saw a couple Batman-themed tuk-tuks. <laughs> that seemed to be so, very so, popular. So, so, was it, so was it just Batman stickers on the side of the cart? Or big, what, what giant did, bat signal. Big bat signal on the seat. I, huh. I, saw, I saw two of those. Two different bat Batman bat, tuk-tucks. Bat signal on the seat. Yeah, it's... Not, I, it's yeah, the American pop culture doesn't stop anywhere, man. It yeah, because I'm kind of thinking, I think when you say a Batman theme, I'm kind of thinking almost like a Mad Max thing with a bunch of pipes and plumbing and oh, no. scoops. And... <laughs> no. If no. That, that's, that's how, if I was a tuk-tuk driver, that's what I would do. I would put all this unnecessary stuff to make the thing look like a Mad Max vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> that would get you some rides. But that's not how it works. You know how culture always works. Everything develops its own kind of style of architecture. We even went and saw the floating uh, uh, city uh, that's on the lake. Uh, I forgot the name of the lake. Huge lake at the mm-hmm. at bottom of the Mekong Delta. There's a million people that basically just migrate with the rising and falling lake of the seasons. All the snow from the Himalaya gather in that lake. So in the spring, it swells and gets huge. Then it slowly shrinks, and the people have to migrate. And all their floating homes, you go to an area, and they all have the similar kind of painting patterns. You know, you know what I mean? They'd have wait, their wait, own... wait, wait, wait. They, they move their homes when the lake rises? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to migrate back and forth several miles. Yeah. Unheard of. 
No, not unheard of. Every I know I, it was. No, it was no, fascinating. no. From, from what from what I've been told, from what I've been told, these third world people will not be when the oceans rise. They're just going to drown because they're not going to have any idea what to do. Oh no, they know it. <laughs> they know exactly. <laughs> these are equipped. And on the edge yeah. of the lake, I, I think the retirees. <laughs> I actually think the retirees in Miami uh, uh, might drown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guys in the third world haven't figured it out. <laughs> Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. Well, and that'll, have, that'll yeah. probably tie in. That'll probably tie into the next segment because we're uh, we're out of time. We're out this. of time. Back on the rule of three. Uh, in the next segment, we are going to be talking about honey. I don't know if we disclose that in the first tease or not, but that's what we're going to be talking about. Damn. Uh, something you. Uh, but in this segment, uh, there are uh, the streets of France are ablaze. It uh, the uh, the uh, yellow jackets, I think, is what they call yeah, themselves. Yellow is that jacket right? protesters. The, the yellow yeah. jacket. The yellow jacket protesters are uh, causing a bit of a uh, bit of trouble in France for the first time. First time in fifty years uh, uh, that the streets of France have erupted in riots. Uh, it's been kind of a continuous uh, progression. I mean, it's been happening uh, since the revolution. Yeah, since the much. beginning of that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, this is. Uh, I, I don't think the guillotines have come out uh, in in quite some time, though. Uh, uh, well, fortunately, <laughs> because the people on the guillotines this time would be the global warming alarmists. Yeah, is that, that is it them? What? Oh, I see what you're saying. They would be taking the yellow jacket people and No, no, the yellow jacket people, they own the streets now. They would be taking, they would be going out, they would uh, are you a climate scientist? Oh, yeah, yes, oh, that's right. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I am. It's like, "Oh, okay. Uh get in line right there." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cuz that's what they're protesting. Yeah. They are protesting an 11 cent hike. 11 cents. Is, is all they've already paid. What do they do? They pay like thirty four dollars a gallon. A for lot, gas. man. It's expensive. Gas over there and, is expensive. Yeah, and eleven cents more. Eleven cents more is is the uh, is the price too far? It, yeah. It, uh, apparently, they're going to hide. They. Uh, uh, I'll probably get the name wrong, but Macron. Uh, the, uh, the yeah. The, 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 uh, what is he? Is he a premier? Is he a president? Is he? I don't know what they call uh, him. And. Macron. I don't know. The, the, the ruler. Same, yeah. same as Cambodia. <laughs> we are <ruler>. so informed. <laughs> Guy in charge. Yeah. Big... Do not do not tune in to Rule of Three for information. It's uh, <laughs> entertainment purposes only. <laughs> we, we talk out our butts. That's totally. It's butt talk. It's Macron. We got the name right, though. It's Macron. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he decided that uh, in order to pl- comply with the Paris Accords, uh, uh, which you know he, he you know, Paris is in his country, so he has to set an example for the rest of the world. Decided that there should be an eleven cent per gallon carbon tax yeah. on gasoline, and uh, apparently that was that was the tax too that was, far. That was, that was, it. was yeah. uh, That's the one that uh, uh, put the tea in the harbor, so to speak. And, yeah, uh, I, you're right. It is interesting because it. Now, when the people are against the tax, is it that they say they don't believe in the global warming? Because I really think what they're saying is, no, we don't. We shouldn't have to pay for it. 
Isn't that because I was listening to a guy and he's uh, taught. Well, I was listening to him talk in French and then someone translate it. But really, his most of what he was saying was traditional, like the rich are more powerful and rich. And yet we keep taking the pressure on the taxes and that there's he's, his main complaint seemed to be about there's no chance for mobility, income or otherwise, and how the people, the French people in the country keep getting squeezed for every dollar and every dollar. And the carbon tax in France, when you th- if you live in a city, it, you don't care because you're just taking trains and so forth. But it's the people in the countryside that need the car that then feel like, oh, so you want to be nice to the environment, but we're supposed to pay for, for you to be nice? You know, you so know what I mean. So sort of, it's sort of the, the it's sort of red province against blue province. I, is, is yeah, it, is it is it your transportation and the cities are subsidized, so you don't you you know that yeah. it doesn't matter how much they put the carbon tax they put on your your commuter trains. Yeah, but uh, but we have uh, we have uh, we use gasoline out here. Yeah, and we have to. We have yeah. to. That and it's all about if you live in a city. Yeah, it's it's not a. So now someone living in a city can feel good about how we help the environment with a carbon tax, but meanwhile the people really paying the price around the city, around the country, suffering that, uh, you know, paying for it. They're basically paying for you to feel better. Well, for me, for me, it, 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 it illustrates something I've been saying about saying about the whole uh, climate change debate all along, is that when it comes right down to it, uh, we like to use energy. That's uh, that's it. And we, we have and we, to. And we like it. We like it cheap. We like cheap energy. Everybody likes cheap energy. And the only way, the only way that any that any climate change progress is ever going to be made is if we raise the cost of energy. That's uh, that's the bottom line. And nobody wants that. It's uh, we're all pitched this miracle is that we'll just put up a few windmills and energy will be free. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the utopian promise that goes along with climate change legislation. And it's simply not true. Well, it's uh, well, yeah, because it takes it's hard to get. It's frankly, energy isn't free. It's it's hard to make or to get. There's a cost to it. There's always a cost to it. But the benefit Oh my oh, yeah, gosh! Great. The benefit. The, I this, like uh, energy. Without, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine having to rub a couple sticks together to charge your iPhone? Yeah, it'd be a problem. <laughs> or oh, even just hooking it up to a, a crank that I had to put. We have a little flashlight that you can pump with your fist to charge it up, and it's horrible. It would never. <laughs> Sounds like you're talking about something else. There I uh, did, but I'm not. <laughs> no, no, we have one too. We 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 have a radio like that, a hand crank radio. And it, and if you if you if you, if you not, run yeah. the crank, if you run the crank for like 20 minutes, you'll get five minutes of radio. It, yeah, it, it, you, <laughs> it's you, not. Now people really people really have no idea how much. Uh, here, here's the thing. But push your car, push your car around the block, one. and then you'll know you, the you, energy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, now, and, and realize, realize that that takes about a shot glass full of gasoline to do that. Yeah. It's it's it is it is a miracle in a shot glass. It's amazing. No, it's the, we've gotten very efficient at using some of this energy. Now I was going to go back to you know the floating village in Cambodia. 
Uh-huh. Many of those homes, their own solar panel. They had a solar panel where it makes sense. Because yeah. all they're going to do is maybe charge their phone. They all have cell phones. They're going to charge their one cell phone and maybe one little other electrical thing they have going on with their yeah. one solar panel. But they're not uh, going to be commuting in a a 4,000-pound vehicle, you know. Here at, here at my feet, here at my feet, I have a companion that's with me all winter. I call it my space heater. Uh, you cannot you cannot hear it because uh, uh, the only time I do not run it is when I'm recording this podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of the time, so you're getting cold right now. But yeah, but that but that space heater that uses a lot of yeah. energy. Yeah, that's uh, that's well, almost uh, that almost the maximum. It, it uses almost the maximum energy that you can put on a house. Uh, it's just just we we use ton. But the question yep. is the question. Uh, is to me, because I do think we have to have some, we need to address, you know, there's 8 billion people and there's, there's like, there's a mass extinction that appears to be going on. There's, there's all sorts of effects, but it it seems to me uh, assigning the cost of these things is often not uh, thought out or fair. And that's the thing about in France to me is that people are perfectly willing to be nice to the world if you pay for it. Yeah, if someone else pays for it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's uh, uh, something I saw uh, uh, online. Don't know how true it is, but uh, in the month before the election, Bernie Sanders, Bernie, uh, uh, we've got to do something about the climate, Sanders, uh, spent $300,000 on private plane trips. Yeah. It's... So that's uh, that's uh, that's that's uh, again that's a, that's another great example of uh, well someone else should pay for it. Well, and, well, 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 who? Well, who? If not you, you are the rich, uh, Mr. Sanders. You, 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 you know, you, it, pay it's, for it, you yeah. should be. Yeah, you should be bicycling <laughs> from a campaign stop to campaign <laughs> stop if you're serious. Or no one does a physical appearance. That would be nice, actually. I I don't know how to do it. I don't know how we're gonna. We're not. That's yeah. that's that's the that's the simple truth. Nobody wants it from the from the very rich like uh, Senator just... Sanders to the very poor like the like the kids riding in the streets of France. Nobody really wants it. Nobody wants to pay, to pay the cost. So what we need to do is to ignore uh, this notion that we can actually change the weather with a tax. That legislative that, that Congress is so powerful that their legislation can change the climate, well, uh, and and we had just have to deal with the climate that's coming. Or I get, but we can cut back. We can. Did you hear about Why? this one? Well, Why? I think it's a good idea to cut back, but that's I a whole different I, segment. I, I just I, I think I think, and I'm just going to say this, and then we're going to wrap because I okay. want the last word on this. <laughs> you son of a. <laughs> I think I think that uh, that uh, we can so the Earth can survive with uh, humans, cows, and chickens. Oh, that's you're all, insane! That's the only three species we need. <laughs> you are insane. <laughs> Maybe tuna. <laughs> <laughs> insane. <laughs> And on the final segment of the Rule of Three, uh, we are going to be talking about a product that may not be what you think it is. 
and uh, that product is honey. Yeah. It uh, it 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 uh, this this discussion started when uh, uh, Bent was alerted by Mrs. Washburn about a uh, potential hazard coming into the the Washburn household in a very innocent uh, yeah innocent bear shaped container. Exactly the honey bear you, that comes from China is yeah, apparently full uh, of counterfeit fake honey. From China. Honey, honey in a bear with round eyes. Yeah, that's uh... <laughs> China. Talk you know they're about... giggling when they send it to us. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, a fat bear with round, round eyes. eyes. So we should have known. Wearing a party hat, we should have known. But yeah, she told me, oh, have you heard about the fake honey from China? It's driving all the beekeepers out of business because her sister uh, keeps bees and sells honey. And uh, I thought, what? Really? This sounds crazy. Yeah, her sister no, does. No, 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 it does not. Does she, does she actually like sell it at craft fairs and that? Or does she uh-huh. just, is just a hobby? Total. Oh, wow. No, she has some bees. She gets the honey. She sells it. And, oh, cool. And so the, the Chinese honey, apparently. I should trade was, her some of my syrup for her honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just straight across. Sweet nectar for sweet nectar. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, what, what happened was Kelly told me there was a big problem, and I, it sounded weird to me. So I Googled it, and lo and behold, The Salt, which is a blog on NPR, told me full on, don't worry, the honey is actually real. That was in an article, uh, yeah. and then I happened to notice that that article was dated 2011. That was actually an interesting article, too. It was. It, it, it's, uh, uh, I, 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 learned, I learned a few things, that, uh, that Chinese honey is not allowed in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, uh, and it has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with, uh, with the toxins that people would assume that uh, might be in Chinese honey. Lead. Everybody always goes to lead, right? It's yeah. on the toys, and somehow it makes its way into the honey. <laughs> it's in the dog food. It's everywhere. They're always <laughs> trying to sneak lead into us. But rather than shoot us with lead, they said, we'll just have them eat it. But, well, uh, of course, you know, you see pictures, you see pictures of China. And it is, you know, it is polluted worse than L.A. in the 70s. Oh, yeah, it and, is. Uh, really so bad you would pollution. assume that that pollution's got to settle on the flowers. And if the bees are going into the flowers and taking what's ever in there back to the hive, that there there is potentially some very nasty stuff in the in the in the honey. In the that, chi- uh, think that, that, Chinese ah, honey. Yeah, ah, I don't. I think. Would you be? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Mind, I would. Anyway, nope. doesn't matter. The Chinese honey, it turns out, we don't bring it in at all, right? Or, yep. But yep, does not. it can sneak Cannot. in here. It can sneak in here because people are taking the Chinese honey in other countries, relabeling it as being from their country, and shipping it all over the world. Right. And in the 2011 article, they said that, uh, the chi- that they said, well, it might be coming from India. But they said that Indian that they would be mixing it with a little bit of Indian honey, just a little bit of Indian honey. Yeah, and uh, 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 and then it's a product of India. But they said that would have to be labeled uh, product of India. Uh, however, according to the more recent articles, is that Chinese honey is going to Europe. They are the ones. They're getting tanked by the Chinese honey, and and what they're doing is the Chinese are what? What do they say they're doing? They're uh, they're 
they aren't necessarily oh, making fake honey. B- yeah, basically, they they harvest the honey before it's ripe. Way early. That's right. It, yeah. It's uh, so that it has it has more liquid content and less sugar, but it has plenty of, of honey flavor, which I, I believe comes from bee vomit. I oh, okay, that's, that's right. I, I that's, it that's is bee vomit. Yes. Right. So it has that honey flavor because it it, it still has been regurgitated by a bee, yeah. but it does not have the sugars. So what they have to do is they have to add uh, corn syrup to the honey. To, awesome. uh, to, to, to to thicken it up, and then they sell it in Europe, where they uh, where where they uh, buy a lot more honey than the than, than so here in the U.S. I assume they we are shipping containers of our corn to China. I assume that's how it's going. They're making yeah. the corn syrup, right? And then they're injecting it into the honey, shipping it over to some to Europe. Or to and someone then, in and India, then to someone in probably, probably France, because yeah. we would pay, because Americans would pay a premium for French for, honey, uh, for French honey, oh, honey. or absolutely. Swiss, maybe, maybe you know, maybe uh, uh, a Swiss Edelweiss. Uh, absolutely, I could see <laughs> maybe Bavarian honey. I could see a young girl on a Durndal, you know, on the label. <laughs> so you're right; it would be from the Provence of France. And they'd have, yeah, absolutely. That all makes sense. Uh, if, and basically, what it is is uh, good old uh, corn. AD Archer Daniels Midland corn, corn syrup <laughs> mixed with a little Chinese bee vomit, <laughs> relabeled in France. <laughs> oh man, that is where we're headed. Uh, yeah, but I, I learned more where, about. Where I learned more. I learned more about honey uh, than than I ever had from reading these articles, uh, researching. Uh, isn't that funny? We don't know what the leader of France is called, but we we, we know we all do about know. honey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I'm is not going to Google what he is. I think he's a president. That, I think. Yeah. I, let's just let's just let's just be proud of our ignorance and let it stand. <laughs> why, why why do we need to inform ourselves? That's right. Is that is that Americans are used to a very clear product. Uh, uh, is yeah. so that they use dimaceous earth and a, a filtration process to actually get a lot of the uh, uh, pollen, pollen and and bees wings out of the honey. Yeah, well, there uh, would be bees wings in there, but it's sure. diatomaceous earth, not diatomous. Diatomaceous, very important. I do know that, but I don't know the. Whether France has a president or a prime minister, that sounds like a, that sounds like a Victorian swear, doesn't it? Diatomaceous. Wow, <laughs> what it does... in the diatomaceous earth is going on here? <laughs> it's, it sounds like a regular adjective to me that you would just throw off. Yep. Diatomaceously took the ferry from I don't know. Anyway, it does sound. But anyway, uh, uh, Americans <laughs> like a pure product, and Americans also Americans apparently freak. When their honey crystallizes, yeah, is that uh, is that a honey producer said that they they get calls all the time saying something is wrong with this honey you sold me. <laughs> that is, <laughs> and yeah, that's funny to me. That's fun, and I can see and it happening a lot by taking by taking the pollen and the bees wings out. There is no there is no starter seeds for the crystals to form around, so it yeah. stays. Uh, it, which is interesting to me because I always thought that it was uh, uh, evaporation causing the, the honey to crystallize. And yeah. I know now that that crystallization is caused by dust entering the honey. Is that what causes the crystallization? Well, is apparently that's what it said, oh. pollen. If pollen's going to do it, dust will too. Oh, so any kind of impurity is it or just yeah. anything that's not honey? Yeah, it gives something, to, give something to for the crystals to form around. Uh, oh. So, you know, you stick a string in there, you can make honey candy, I guess. And, oh. uh, 
And I believe it, uh, the, the, the solution is you heat it up in the microwave and then whatever it is settles to the bottom and then you, you got another couple months before it crystallizes. But but Europeans don't care. It's, it's like, oh, well, crunchy style. They just style. eat that. They eat blue cheese too, as do I. So we'll eat anything. <laughs> I eat crunchy honey. I'll eat fake honey. I, I don't I'm fine with all of it. I went, to, I went to Seam Reap and ate, well, I didn't eat crocodile, but... I won't eat that. What's the weirdest thing you ate in Cambodia? We're, we're actually crossing segments here, but what the heck? What's the weirdest thing you ate in Cambodia? Oh, I'm sure I ate something weird, but I have, you know, I wouldn't know. Because oh. I ordered chicken and... So you only went to the Panda Express while you were Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, I had curry dishes, you know, like chicken curries. Oh, dragon fruit. I'd never tried dragon fruit. Oh. Have you had that before? Um, I, I, I have seen it. I don't know that I've actually eaten it. It's, uh, it, it's, it's quite interesting. There's, uh, uh, there's also jackfruit. Have you ever eaten jackfruit? I, I no. believe that's also Cambodian. That's, uh, yeah, they sell it. They sell it in our grocery store now, which means we must have uh, a lot of Cambodians living in the, in, oh, in yeah. the area. Yeah. It's, uh, it looks honest to God. It looks in size and shape like one of the pods from invasion of the body snatchers. Really? And it's, inside, yeah, and inside there's like these little, the like, like, like these little, like, like, uh, uh, fruit things. Huh. It's hard to, it's hard to Jack describe. Fruit. It's kind of, it's coming, yeah, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like sort of like a lemony vanilla pudding banana sort of kind of flavor. It's, the, uh, jackfruit. Jackfruit. No, I didn't, didn't try jackfruit. Dragon fruit. There's some other fruit that supposedly smells like dead flesh when you open it up. Which I didn't mm. want. I didn't. That didn't. Mm. <laughs> 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 I didn't have any of that. I, I I probably had some Chinese honey while I was there. I assume I did. Yeah, probably. I don't know where else uh, unless uh, there's a uh, Cambodia has a honey market. Comes uh, down the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Like wagons <laughs> full of round-eyed bears. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Anyway, that also sounds like we've run out of things to talk about. So yeah. what a good place to end the segment. Yes. All these episodes are available uh, on iTunes, Rule of Three. Uh, go to our Facebook page, Rule of Numeral Three Podcast, uh, or, of course, uh, timslegel.com or... Uh, Bent Washburn on Facebook, or, or dot .com. Bent Washburn. However, and uh, uh, make sure you come in, uh, tune in next week. Uh, we will, uh, our annual Christmas special is yes. coming up, and uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>